no calorie artificial, uh, no caffeine, no calorie artificial sweetened stuff. I shouldn't have it, but whatever. Can't all right, drink well. all the time. Um, yeah, so I, I do. I was trying to stall there so you could make a little list if you needed time. No. Oh, we're good for it. I wasn't making a list. I wasn't oh, stalling. Oh well, shit! I'm stalling. Come for on, nothing. man! I'm I just the, wasting I our time. I do the best off the cuff. Top of my head, pull right. out of my ass. Come on. All right, well, off the cuff. Hi, everyone. I'm Chase Raz, and this is Multi New Media episode 30. Can you believe it, Chris? We are at episode 30. No, I really cannot. So I guess I should say that with me today is Chris Ayers. I always Hello. ask how you're doing. I assume we should do that again. So, Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you always say you're doing well. Using my new microphone, uh, trying things out. Your Seems new microphone. Like it's working pretty well. What do you have? Uh, I actually ended up with one of the blue microphones and um, have a scissor arm on my desk with a nice little pop shield. Nice. Um, you went with a nylon pop shield, right? Yeah, I have a nylon pop shield. I'm using metal, and a couple people have told me that I need to consider nylon instead, that uh, it has changed my voice a little tinnier, if that's a word. I don't think it is. But I like this nice little metal round pop shield, so I'm going to stick with it. Well, you know, no need to buy a new one if the old one works fine. Right. And I got this one for $6. I'm happy about that. Nice. No, nothing. Not commenting on my frugal nature. <sighs> I have You to... always have this weird dichotomy of you're really frugal <laughs> about some things and other things you will pay extra for. So oh, I, I'm sorry. That uh, uh, that is just so great. It's it's unplanned, but no one's ever said that to me. I'm glad people um I glad I'm glad I'm transparent. Because yes, I, you're you're a, a mix uh, a mixture of polar opposites in a swirling mess. I am fiscally bipolar. And I <laughs> I don't mean to make light of that in any way form or fashion. I truly am fiscally bipolar. Um I will complain that a cup of tea costs over a dollar. But at the same time, um, I have no problem uh, buying certain things, especially technology. I, I complain about it. Don't get me wrong. But So what are we here for today, Chris? We're here to talk about predictions for 2016. We had some fun back in November and we were nerding out. We had nerd out November. We've gone through and talked um, with folks about or, or amongst ourselves of what people can do in the holiday gift giving season. And now I think it's time to start turning our, our attention a little bit to 2016 and give some of our predictions so that next year, at the end of the year, we can listen back to this, to episode 30, and see just how wrong we were or just how right. Oh, wait, we're going to grade ourselves on this? No, not for a year. And come on, by then we'll pretend we've graduated and never look at it again. I mean, I could just tell you you're wrong now. You don't <laughs> have to wait the whole year. Y you could tell me that. You're, you're probably right. Um, I don't know how you'd like to do this. I do like to keep a little bit of uh, suspense in there because listen, if you're if you're listening to a show, a podcast, a radio show, whatever it is, and everything's pre-planned, things get boring. So here's here's what we've done behind the scenes. Uh, basically, there was a Skype call yesterday. Uh, Chris, you called me, and I said, "Hey," or I texted you before that. And I said, "Let's do a predictions for 2016," and that is the entirety of the communication we've had about this topic. You know uh, from just before the show, about uh, a couple minutes before the show, that I do have a small list. And uh, that's about all we know uh, Yeah, so you said far. something about a list. I have a list. Do you have a list? No. Let me be do the prepared one. Well, you're, you're better at preparing than I am, so um, I have to make the list. Otherwise, ooh, it'd be rough. Wait, I'm better at preparing? Yeah. So you have a list, and I don't. That seems opposite. Well, hey, you're better at it. You don't have to do it. It comes naturally. I'm bad at it, so I have to put effort in. And listen, kids, that's the way to be successful. Know your weaknesses, right? You like how I turned that into a teaching moment? The more you know. I am a professional teacher and corporate trainer, so if you ever wondered why I'm frugal, there you go. The more you know. <laughs> All right, so I do have a list. Um, since you don't, uh, can I claim the right to go first? I will concede the right to go first thank you good sir i want to shock you with the first one really how are you going to shock me here's my prediction for 2016 one of them i believe that apple will reach 50 percent smartphone market share in the united states okay do you know what that means um 
What do you think the significance of that is? I believe that that means, if I'm right about this, that Apple will be the number one smartphone device uh, manufacturer in the United States. That Apple will be on top of Android for the first time since the early, early days of Apple's uh, iOS existence. Um, well, I mean, so Apple's the only manufacturer on the iOS side of things. Well, I'm not talking about device. I'm talking about uh, iOS market share, meaning that uh, iOS will be 50%, Android will be slightly less. I think that that's been growing over the past couple of years because of the fracturing of the Android market a few years back. Mm -hmm. It it left a bad taste in some people's mouths, Uh, the fracturing and then the skinning by the manufacturers of the phones and then the slow uh, updates. Like it was really bad around Android 2. Oh, yeah. Two, two, three. There were so many skinned phones and they weren't getting the updates. You know, they didn't go up to Android 3 or Android 4. And that was a problem. Well, Android 3, right, was was tablets only. Um, And then Android 4. Yeah, a lot of the 2.2 and 2.3 devices could not go to 4. And and that was a a bad taste, yeah. That that fracture and that lack of upgrade path could have, you know, made people... I don't know if it's going to get 50% and I don't know if... um, that number holds as much significance because there's also been people that have left the Apple side of things because of, you know, perceived lack of progress since jobs left. Well, and I'm taking a look um, with Comscore's numbers because if we go back to October, right, which are the most recent um, uh, numbers that we have, uh, and I'm taking a look here, Android in uh, October had 52.9% market share in the United States. Apple had 433 um, so we, we did, uh, and if we take a look back at the prior quarter, what we see is that Android widened their lead over Apple slightly. Um, but I do for some reason, uh, and I, I don't exactly know the reason I'm saying this either, but I do think that Apple will find a way to close that gap and maybe even, I may be a little bit bold saying this, but maybe even hit that 50% mark and get on top of, uh, the market share, even, even above Android. And this is at the same time Microsoft's trying to fight back into the the phone market. Yeah, you know, and we I so, uh, see I I'm just well, saying. Let's uh, put a prediction out there or, or talk about someone else's prediction. IDC recently came out and you see all these stories in the news. It's not their predictions. These are your predictions. No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm talking about IDC's prediction in a moment. So, IDC is the company that used to say oh, Windows will have 20% of the market by 2015 and then they'll have about 34% of the market by 2018. Well, all the articles out today and over the past couple of days, uh, and actually over the past week or so, are saying, well, IDC's finally given up on on Windows, saying that in the phone space, they're never going to get above about 4 or so percent, even by 2018. Okay. You know, here's the thing I have to say. If you look from the Android world, everybody in Android is kind of like, who cares? From the Apple world, you get all the Apple fanboys cheering, oh, yay, Windows Phone is dead, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. They're, they're quoting IDC. IDC is historically always wrong, right? They said that Windows Phone was going to be 30% of the market by 2018. That's wrong. So when the wrong company comes out and revises, and they've been wrong multiple times, I don't believe what they're saying now either. I don't think that Windows Phone is going to stick at, you know, 2, 3, 4, 5%. I do see it going above there. Well, my whole take on it is in the consumer space, people are going to get the phones they want to get. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Apple having 50% or, or not is going to hugely change that. And in the, the workplace, it's either going to be they need apps to do their jobs or they've established that they're going to go one way or the other, and I still don't know if them getting a couple more percentage points is going to change the business decisions that much. Right. I mean, so do you so think... I, I don't see what the effect's going to be. Do you think in... And I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just saying that it would be a milestone for them. Um, but okay. do you think in 2016 we're going to see a continuation of the trend uh, of putting Intel-based... Uh, x86-style chips instead of ARM chips in uh, to phones. We we have the proposed Surface phone, quote-unquote, from Microsoft. We have some existing phones today. Well, the uh, Zenfone, the Asus Zenfone, uses uh, an Intel chip. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, Atom has been the thing they've been pushing for a couple of years now uh, to be their low-power, you know, 
arm competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried it with some of the previous, uh, like I have in my NAS, I have an Atom chip uh, in, instead of, you know, like an arm based one that's in a lot of the routers or, and, and of course, Intel's going to be pushing for it. And I, I just don't know um, if, if that's going to have a huge explosion. Because uh, right now, think about it. All the development tool chains are geared towards ARM. A, a lot of the operating systems are geared towards ARM. Well, what, so, do, you, what do you think if, if this proposed Surface Phone for Microsoft, if that's a reality and if OEMs start doing that, even on the Android side, we know we have Android 4, um, x86 devices uh, as well as ARM. If, if that happens, do you see that the business legacy support would sort of lean and then in favor in, of, of Windows and Android? Well, how long has it taken for good apps to be on a a Windows ecosystem? Well, good supported apps with updates in line with the other Well, that's a, that's a difficulty now, in saying because that's where they were originally because of the 91% desktop and laptop market share. Well, well I'm saying, and now you're going to change the processor architecture? Well, it, we, we did. We switched, right? We used to build for x86. Then we built for ARM because of the mobile revolution. And what if we can move back? I'm just saying, you know, just, I don't know. Yeah, so that's one to see. Um, I guess it didn't shock you as much, but I do think no. uh, it's a big concession, at least from a person like me, who, who, um, you know, I guess there's a lot of claims that I'm a, um, a Microsoft fanboy, but I, I'm not, yeah. right? Um, I, I came to Microsoft. I had left Windows Mobile. I left it. I went to Android. Um, we, we've talked in the past off air about what brought me back, and it was things like uh, OneNote and... Um, OneDrive and all these things, just how they worked with Windows brought me back. But in no way, form, or fashion do I feel stuck here, right? Um, so okay, I, let I, me just ask I, you a it, question. It, it still is a big a concession. Fanboy. Yeah, it's a, still since, a big concession for me. Since you're not a fanboy, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Do you have a Microsoft Band? I do. Do you have a Band 2? I do. Do you have an Xbox One? Uh, I do. Do you have a Surface? Uh, yeah, an old one. <laughs> okay, just check. You have a Windows phone, like the new Lumias? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just uh-huh. checking. Do I have an Android phone in my office? Yes, I do. Do is I need to update that one? Hmm? Is it issued by work? No. Okay. No, it is. A, I do need to update it. I, I try to keep an Android <laughs> device on, on hand at all times. Um, uh, you know, it, you you were picking on me before, you know, is your keyboard and mouse. And yeah, they, they actually are Microsoft. I think HP and Microsoft make excellent keyboards and mice. And Logitech, too. I'm just not into Logitech styling, personally. That's an aesthetic thing. Um, There's nothing wrong with with you know some of their hardware products yeah uh, there's nothing wrong with the surface i was just come on i've known you for a couple of years you are a little fanboyish uh this day and age yeah and i but here's a here's the trouble about that i was that way with android as well before um i was all locked into the google ecosystem um that's where i say yes i get swept up so to speak in what enables me to be productive and what i see having momentum um so far, coming back to Windows, I the, the the momentum hasn't materialized, but I saw it there when I came back. So, um, over eager, yeah. Do I switch parties though? Absolutely. Okay. So, okay, Apple. Maybe they'll hit fifty percent in the in the U.S. Uh, again, I don't think that. I agree with you. I don't think that's that big of a deal, but it is a major milestone. It's something that you could keep bragging rights. Yeah, go for it. All right, my prediction, which we've already started seeing towards the end of the year. So, I mean, it's not that groundbreaking of a prediction, but I think that we're going to see huge uh, gains and see it start to influence other areas of the market that people aren't expecting. And and that's in the enterprise space, but it's uh, machine analytics. Ah, like cognitive so, analytics and machine learning? Machine learning, yeah. Nice. So Microsoft has rebranded a lot of their products as Cortana Analytics. And one of the central features of that is machine learning. You know, they're taking that Cortana engine and putting it up there. You've got IBM with their Watson. You've got Google. Uh, they just released uh, a machine learning language, and I believe you can spin up instances of stuff to do machine learning in the cloud. Um, and it's not just machine learning for machine learning's sake. They want to do stuff with this, you know. Uh, Elon Musk and Tesla, they're using this, this type of stuff to crunch numbers to work on the autonomous vehicles. I mean, there's applications for shipping, uh, for stocking shelves, for you know, predictive analysis of whatever. I mean, I, I think that 
you know, they're putting these tools out there and people are going to really start using them and run with them. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a good one because analytics are definitely getting more and more advanced. And, um, you know, in business technology classes that I've taught in the past, it was enough to say, you know, what we used to say, there are three phases of analytics. There's descriptive, there's uh, predictive, and then prescriptive. But, you know, IBM, and I'm, I'm trying to find it here. Hopefully I can find it. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes if I can. IBM Analytics, one of the pages on that site, has a beautiful flowchart of the different levels of, of analytics that include those three, but also what comes next and where we're at now. It includes cognitive analytics and machine learning. And those are the steps, um, like you talked about, um, um, the Azure services being rebranded as a part of Cortana, which of course is a front for Bing uh, as the back engine. IBM yep. with Watson, as you mentioned. Um uh, you know who do you who else do you think are going to be big players in this field? We know IBM, we know Microsoft. Um, you mentioned Google. Do you think this is a real focus of theirs? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I, actually, no. I think it is. I mean, they're probably going to take their little algorithm that they've had for PageRank from you know that they've been using for years and been tweaking, and they're probably going to start going more analytical. Hmm you know, design, you know, driving things. I'm trying to remember what I was saying before. Um, if I wasn't saying cognitive analytics, that's what I was meaning. Um, I may have been saying that. I may not. I don't know. But so, yeah, Google's Google's trying to, are kind of hard to figure out in this space. Of where and then going. there's Wolfram Alpha. You know, they, they worked on their languages to, you know, understand the weird stuff you type in and make sense of it. Like, how many doctors are in New York? And it would figure out the average number of doctors per person, the average number of people in New York, and you know try to give you answers. I'm I'm sure they're working on something too. Do you think that um, that Wolfram Alpha has a big chance at becoming a player in um, any of these knowledge services? I mean, they've always kind of been there. They're just not a big player, at least to my knowledge. Um, I'm sure that a lot of what they do is more behind the scenes mm-hmm. than out in the open. Yeah, I'm not. I, I guess I'm just not familiar you, you, with their business I mean, operations. Yeah, I mean they're behind a lot of cool tech, so I, I think that I think that they're more of a player behind the scenes. Ah, it'd be good for us sometime and maybe to to share with our listeners, and, and we could do the um, uh, we could do the background research and figure out you know how they're involved. But uh, that'd be something I'd love to learn and then share with other people. So, what's your next one? Oh, you know, I'm still stuck trying to find this IBM page that I've been thinking of, but I'm going to stay in the same vein on the consumer side and especially with ecosystems. I, um, this day and age, I define a lot of what I do as monitoring ecosystems and, and where they're at. So let me shift gears from Apple and uh, the U.S. specifically to Android, Google's Android, and uh, internationally. Okay. Uh, I do think that in 2016, Android is going to start looking like it's losing steam. Right, maybe coming down from that eighty percent market share a little bit, but I think that's just going to be a fake out, a complete kind of psych moment. I do think that Android will lose a little bit of steam by twenty sixteen, but I don't think it's in any jeopardy. I mean, we're talking about upper seventies, low eighties percent market share of every device that's sold on Earth, or rather, that's in mobile with everything included, like desktops and all that. It's about sixty five percent. Um, uh, let me ask you a question. Are all your predictions about phones? Not really. No. Okay. Why? Oh, am I boring you for that? <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh, oh you, like you're talking about from eighty to seventy percent. I'm like, wow, that's a prediction. There, there's no. That's a solid number. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm eighty. Just, oh, um, I get it. Uh, that's so. So would you consider? I, I realize Chromebooks would. Well, Chromebooks are inconsequential. I mean, they're, they're how they factor into the overall metric. Right? If we take desktop, laptop, they're going to be lumped in with the laptops. So let me let me tie on the the. Um, Again, what's the significance to me about that number if they go from eighty to seventy? Well, platform like, I adoption. I don't understand why that's a big deal. Uh, platform adoption, right? So if you're developing an application and you're looking at do I launch in Android or do I launch in the iOS ecosystem, if you start to see Apple gaining steam in a, in a major market like the United States. And again, we don't have the population to be competitive with India or China. Uh, but then again, that, so again, you're talking about small app developers because if it's a big app developer, they have they know they have to support Android and Mac or Android and iOS. Yeah, they but have to. Here's the thing: that's not necessarily true. 
The reason I say that's not true is because we do have Windows 10. And I don't see developers going to Windows 10. And you can say that that's completely different. But we're talking about 91% of desktops and laptops run Windows. Period. Yeah. And we know that for several versions of Windows, there have been Metro apps, there have been um, Start apps, there have been Universal apps. This evolution of what has become the Universal app. And still, a lot of those big developers are not developing for that. That is almost 20 to 25% of the overall device matrix if we take everything together. That thing well, where Why would you program for Windows 10 as an app when you can program a website that works on Windows, Linux, and Mac? And you can do it in JavaScript and HTML instead of learning a proprietary language that ties you to the ecosystem. Native performance. Um, okay. But a lot of stuff, it, it, it's all in the cloud. So, Anyways, so, I just don't see the, a lot of the significance on the platform adoption thing. A lot of the lines are drawn. A lot of the development shops know which way they're going to go. And if they're big enough, they're going to go Android and iOS. Okay, so I'll give you the last one then. And this will kind of bring you to where so I'm going. So it only ties to smaller people. And if it's smaller development shops, they're going to go with the skill sets they know. So if they're Java shop, they're probably going to go Android. Maybe if they're C plus plus, they might go Android. They might go iOS because it's supported on both. I don't but know. Do you really? Max, I mean, do you really you have know. that option anymore? And do you, do you yeah. in this day and age? Do you yeah. truly, if you are a, a respectable, legitimate business, do you have an option of saying I am going to develop? Um, I'm not going to develop for Apple's ecosystem, Google's ecosystems, and Microsoft's ecosystem. And if you're you can ig- leave Microsoft out, if you're ignoring any one of those three, you're making a piss poor business decision. We're well, talking I, I, about ninety-one percent of desktop and laptop adoption, and you're for, leaving that out. Desktop, laptop. Forget that for a minute. Mm-hmm. If you're developing mobile apps, you can say I'm going to hit Android and iOS and ignore Windows, probably, and be okay because of the minute market share of them. For mobile, if yeah, you you'll be do, okay in the right, phone space. In the mobile, tablet space, you're still screwed because the Surface is starting yeah. to outsell the iPad. Okay, so... Black Friday numbers, what we see okay. in the news. Surface is outselling that. iPad online. What's the install base that's already out there? So you, so David is gaining on the Goliath one extra step or two extra steps, but, the, you know, the iPad's already way out ahead. So ignore sales numbers on one day and look at it over the lifetime of all the products. Well, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, let's go five years from now. No, uh, what's, I what's going 100% to... agree that... Tablet or two-in-one or hybrid Windows-based devices will become the dominant um, uh, laptop version of Windows. So laptops and tablets, that will probably start to outshine desktops Right. in the next five years. Touchscreen-enabled Windows. I, I give you that. And um, the problem is they annoyed a lot of the install base with Windows, 7, uh, Windows 8 with the huge shift. People weren't ready for it and they didn't like it. Yeah, they never so, should have done that UI overhaul. And that's fine. Never. But I mean it didn't bother uh, you and me, I know that, but they never should have done a UI overhaul like I'm an that. early adopter. It doesn't bother me. Right. Now, uh, let right. me bring it to a point though because you were kind of asking the significance and I agree with that. That's a perfectly valid question. It, the the I'm going to throw another thing in. This is one uh, another one on my list. And I'll leave mobile here for a moment and going to include all devices. Windows 10, my prediction is that Windows 10 next year, sometime next year, will hit a total install base, excluding IoT. So we're talking desktop, laptop, tablet, phone, console. We'll reach a total install base. I think they're going to hit 500 million in 2016. Um, If I remember correctly, when it launched, you said they were going to hit a billion? Within two to three years. Right? All right. And we can go All back. Right. That's, I'm trying I, to keep you honest there. I was agreeing with... Uh, here, okay, <laughs> let me prove how much of a fanboy I'm not. It's fine. I want to tell Microsoft that they're bloody crazy for thinking they're going to get a billion devices. You're British now? (laughs) No, but thank you to all of our British listeners. I do (laughs) see you out there. By the way, we have, I think, all of one listener in Japan, so I wanted to, I I made a note to myself. I want to say hi to our Japanese listener. Maybe maybe you're not Japanese and you live in Japanese. I don't know. I just wanted to say hi because I do see you in the analytics. Um, But no, I do, I, I actually agree. I do think uh, because they're including IoT and because they're including all these different things, fine. It's not that hard to get a billion devices anymore, right? It's it's just not, especially if you put all that together. 
But to say that I think we're going to hit 500 million install across all device types, excluding IoT, um, I think I'm sticking my neck out on the line the most with that prediction so far. All right. You're giving these predictions that I don't feel have... Any weight or merit, right? Any real significance to, to most people. Well, it matters Unless to, they own stock in Google or Apple. Or you got to remember, on the business side, right, if we're talking about how do we reach so, our customer, how do we reach our consumer, how do companies, we... I've worked for smaller companies. Bigger companies, when they buy their devices, they want it to, you know, work with, you know, oh, we're an exchange shop. We run Microsoft. Okay, we're going to get you devices that can integrate with exchange. That's their concern. They don't really care which one. There might be a budget or, hey, we're going all iOS devices because we're everybody's on AT&T and this is where we're going. You know, that's how they decided. They didn't go out there and look at, well, what's the market share today? Oh, no, I'm not saying that that's a factor. But it's from, personal preference for from, most people. From and, and Yeah, and personal preference in business, as much as we have it, should we should probably throw it out the window. So that, um, that, that's just my own point. I was just like, okay, fine, you're making predictions. I just... I don't know if there's any significance to it. I think the significance that I'm trying to add, and maybe there's not. Right? I'll fully, I'll fully allow that as a possibility. But the significance I'm trying to make about it is that we seem to have a system where Android, we know, is on top. And the question is, you know, what goes up must come down. When is that going to happen? Does it matter? There are how many manufacturers making Android devices uh, with multiple SKUs all around the world? For a lot and of consumers, one manufacturer making iOS. For a lot of consumers, let's go to phone. Let me let me narrow the scope. In in phones here in the United States, especially, in a lot of small and mid-sized business, even large businesses, and hell, just business in general. Well, I'm just saying, who's on top does matter. There are businesses trying to make a decision okay. of do we buy into okay. the Apple ecosystem or the Google ecosystem. Well, here's the thing: neither one's going away. There's one people. There's one person that makes iOS. One company. And they make, you know, like three or four phones uh, of different sizes and, and price points. Mm-hmm. And then there's hundreds, you know, 20, 30 manufacturers of Android phones, each with four or five SKUs of phone. So there are, you know, a huge mismatch in the number of devices out there available for offering at all sorts of price ranges. So a lot of times it does go down the preference. Well, that is what's so amazing about but the prediction. But there's so many people if, pushing it, the market on the Android side. They're going to be on top. There's but, more companies out there doing it. But that's the weight of what I'm saying. If Apple does hit 50%, right, if they do top the market share in the United the States. the U.S. is one country in the world. Right? I do, but that is a major, major battleground market for these two ecosystems. They're, Look they're, at all the other countries. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I agree. I do agree with that. We're a fraction of the usage base. I'm not usage base. I'm not trying to make that indicative. But if an ecosystem can be toppled, right? When's the last time we've seen a toppling, a complete overhaul of the structure? Oh wait, they go up a couple of percentage points, and it's a complete toppling of an. Really? No, you're, that's, making, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Maybe, but this you're is totally this are. is what I'm heading towards. We no, have you're a mountain out of a molehill. Android is is the the global leader here. What what was it before? Probably Nokia. Well, if we talk devices, no. I'm, yeah. No, maybe. I meant like the 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 key, or. No, in terms of ecosystem, Nokia hasn't been since oh, Symbian. BlackBerry, maybe. Right, we're talking about going all the way back to the '90s and talking about Palm and BlackBerry and and Windows Mobile and, and all of these. Well, what, that was actually when. Here's why they it's were so trying important, Chris. To figure out smartphones, and they were going from PDAs. And anyways, we're, but, we're but way Chris, out this is why it's so important because the market is not going to stay what it is, and we have false, just this false sense of security that it's Apple and Android. Do you really think that Android and Apple are going to make so many missteps that they become? Tell me, tell me blackbird? in, tell me in 2006 or 2007 when the BlackBerry is the the. Oh, I hated them device. then. I knew exactly. And that's fine, that but tell me that you down. think they're going to make so many missteps to lose their government and business. No, I lines. knew they were. Oh my goodness! I I used to have Blackberries, and the company I worked for made us all have Blackberries. I hated them. Uh, the Android devices and iOS devices there. But again, that's were, personal preference. Do you have a technical no, no, no. reason for having hated them? No, no, no. Just look at the quality of apps. Look back to the feature phones where they there were little Java apps that you would download and run that were slow, unresponsive, terrible to interface with. BlackBerry can 
display them in color and you scroll with the little bar, it was still terrible. And the touchscreens made everything awesome. And BlackBerry tried to jump onto that and their touchscreen devices were terrible. And anyways. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. That's the end of my ecosystem. Comments. I completely don't agree with any of your points. I think they're all kind of. You think they're moot points. I think they're all moot points. I think for a lot of people in business, they are not moot points. But I've, I will acknowledge that for a large number of people, maybe not necessarily our listeners, but I do think a large number of people who aren't our listeners, it is a moot point for. I will, I've been on the perfectly. IT side of things where they're deciding devices we're ordering or apps. You know, apps we're going to write, and even then, it's kind of a moot point. You either kind of go with what you know or you go with what you like. Oh, and see, I would love to steer people away from that go with what you like thing. That's a horrible well, no, decision. No, I mean, and the other thing is still, iOS users spend more money. That That is true, yeah. I, I mean, if, if if that's all it is, and iOS t- users spend more money. Yeah, in terms of per user monetization, you have Apple at the top, Microsoft yep. in second, and, and Google with Android at the bottom. No, I would go Apple, iOS, or I'd go iOS, Android. In in. Total revenue, maybe, but no. In, in per user, the statistics we can pull okay, these up, Chris. And then times it is it by it the is. right. If you multiply it out to get total, yeah. Microsoft no, if you told, the, yeah, you're talking total revenue. I'm talking about yep. per user. Um, an app developer probably is concerned with their total income, not the per user income. Right, but from the ecosystem point of view, which I'm taking, we're concerned with the per that? user monetization. And and not only that, we know that Androids. 80 phone market share makes his, uh, makes uh, almost as little as Microsoft's 3 to 5%. Anyway, let's get the hell off of uh, off of ecosystems. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, next is commercialization of space. In 2016? Well, we're going to be making great strides. I don't know if we're going to get there yet. Congress, I believe, just passed a law about the... Uh, commercial mining rights of asteroids. Mm-hmm. We had a independent uh, space company launch a rocket in the well. It was a suborbital flight, but it landed back on the launch pad without crashing. Yep, landed right back here in Florida, Cape Canaveral. If I uh, yep. if I understand, SpaceX correctly. has been working on that, but they they go about three times faster and they go orbital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're really close to nailing the landing on theirs. So you know, if if I understand correctly, um, uh, as well, they have done the landing for that. What they're trying to do is on a moving barge. That's the one that they can't get. But but Elon Musk did say recently that they have completed years ago uh, a um, a vertical landing. Well, so did Armadillo Aerospace, you know, with John Carmack. But they just at the time they were just going up a couple hundred feet or a thousand feet and coming back down. Mm-hmm. The the one that just successfully did it was suborbital. They went up so far, went around and came back down. SpaceX and Elon Musk are trying to go orbital, like completely orbital, <laughs> and which requires much higher speed, much higher acceleration. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, a lot know- of those pieces are being checked off. A lot of those uh, tasks are being completed. Um, the new command modules, the new Orion stuff should be uh, happening soon, and we should be able to make our own launches without having to lease from the Russians. Do you think, though, that with this legislation passed here in the United States, that if we have a U.S. company, uh, and, and bottom line, from from um, basically the, the text of, of this law, what, what, it, what it enables uh, companies to do is if they have their space launch capability, they can go up and any resources they find on the moon or on asteroids is theirs. Uh-huh. I, no I, land mining rights, no leasing to other people, you know, from other people, just go and take it. Now, problem right, is... I have a problem with the moon on that, and I imagine almost every single country on the planet will have a problem with that. And I do think that if you have a company that starts doing that, this will escalate through the UN very quickly, and okay, this so could potentially lead to a war. The law was just passed, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's how I, many companies have the capability to go to the moon? A few. How many have the capability to go there now, right now? Boeing, Honeywell, I would imagine those because they're uh, who on their did own it for, and not through NASA. 
Yeah, they'd have to go through that. I mean, they own the technology, I'm, I'm sure. Like, it's not happening right now. No. Um, and, and all the programs and technology, like, I don't even think they So have, why pass the law? To get them started. To, 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 to whet their appetite and then to scale back started, on it later. To give them a target, like, hey. So, I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, do you think we should be giving companies here in the U.S. saying, oh, if you're a U.S. company. They're going to change the law. Once once people actually start getting there, it's going to change. Yeah, and that's just that's it'll be revised. That's kind of what is kind of annoying about the whole but deal. The point is, we want that capability. We want the capability, but so, dangling a carrot in front of people to get it is not the way to go about it. Then. My prediction is, we will. <sighs> I don't know. We did the same thing. I don't with think the... we're going to be able to launch uh, to the ISS on our own in 2016. No, um, I doubt. But I think that um, they'll have the final approval, and we will launch in 2017 with the Orion program. Yep. Yeah. That uh, that'd be good if we can at least get the tests done in 2016. Well, this should excite us. Like, like kids these days are not inspired by. Oh, look, they launched a, a no because we don't want to see drilling rigs on the moon. No, we don't. But. We need to inspire people and get them excited about stuff. Like, you know, everyone was glued to their TVs in the 60s when they landed on the moon. Nobody even talks about the final couple of shuttle launches, much less, oh, hey, there's some guys in Russia going up to the space No, but there, I mean, there I mean, is a lot is of concern about technology. it. technology. This is our science fiction from when we were kids well, yeah, but the, and a future. This is the Wild West, and the problem with the yeah. Wild West is that was ethnic genocide. Right. I mean, I, am I going too far in saying that, the, that that it was genocide of the Native Americans? Wait, how are you getting it's excitement the, for space? No, that's what I'm saying. Into... It's not excitement. This is a complete wrong way to go about getting excitement for space of saying you can go up and you can take whatever you want if you're a U.S. company. If you have the billions of dollars to put into going into this thing, go take what you want. The only way to make it cheap for everybody and to make it um, the technologies patented and... Um, uh, you know, available for license and improvement, and to lower the overall cost of, as a race, us, you know, as a species, us not just living on our planet, but living in the atmosphere around our planet, living in the near space around our planet. We need to eventually get off this rock, and I, I'm I'm fine with we do getting but a little bit of help. I think maybe I have more of a moral objection. That's um maybe I am being completely moot today, but. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I want capitalism in space. It's a pretty nasty thing here on Earth. I know um, it's not Star Trek. Global warming uh, is one of the byproducts of capitalism on Earth. Um, I understand. Dealing with um, dictatorships and fascist states like we do deal with China uh, just because they're capitalist. All right, we're going off the rails again. Oh, we are, but, but it, you know, that's the thing. 2016, we see this happening, and we know it's happening. We have the the legal authority for it in the United States. Um, that's something I think we should all be paying attention to. If you're listening from another country, I mean, how happy is your country that the U.S. is t saying, hey, man, if you got the billions of dollars, go up there and take what you want. I wouldn't be um, happy with that. I'm not happy with that, and I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm not saying I'm entirely happy with that aspect, but I'm uh, pretty positive. But by the time that people are ready to launch to go up there, things will be uh, changed. I, so, yeah, I do hope It's so. the motivation right now that I'm happy with. That'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. And, and I wasn't trying to make it all political, Chase. <laughs> Listen, okay. I, I wasn't either, but I My do. My next prediction. I do question whether it's a Will be about drones. It. Drones. That's not a loaded. You know, the funny thing is all these other things are loaded topics to us. I think we're probably going to agree on drones. It's, it, the, drones are loaded for everyone else but us. Have you been seeing, did you see the videos of the Amazon Air drones? I've seen they released a, a promotional video. I don't think I've seen the one you're talking about, but I've seen oh. a couple of um, of just sort of proof of concept videos. No, it was a promotional video by them. I haven't seen a promotional. You see one. the Amazon Air. It looks like um, looks like a three by three square, maybe mm -hmm. like a foot tall. You know, I guess I have seen that one because I know what yeah, you're talking and about. And the yeah. packages are coming down the conveyor belt, and one gets routed to this thing, and it goes into like a little internal compartment. The air takes off vertically. And then it has some rear propellers, and so it kind of flies like a plane to go up to 50 miles away. And the person who orders it, I guess, has a little Amazon uh, placard or something they lay out in their lawn in an area that's like yep. 
10 or 20 by 20 that's clear of everything. And the, the little drone flies to it, sees it with its down-looking camera, and lands on the little thing, drops it off, and takes off. And flies it home. Very and efficient. It, it, and it, I think it'll message you if it when it's on its way or if it's obstructed. But I'm really hoping that uh, you know the FAA gets its program together with drones. So do you think in the in 2016 that we'll get the um, here in the United States? We talked a couple shows ago that the um, FAA was supposed to, uh, uh, you know, kind of under under order from the. Uh, from the legislative branch here, that they were supposed to come up with the operating procedures by 2015. Uh, they I'd did like not. I'd see something like the Amazon drone program or drone delivery type things mm-hmm. uh, start to be available in rural areas. Okay. Less people, more open spaces, less obstacles. Start working the kinks out. <laughs> more shotguns. Well, okay. There was the guy <laughs> that said his neighbor was flying yeah. a drone over his property and shot it. Yeah. Say so he was spying on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you here. I, I think in 2016 but, we're going to see more drone uh, pilots, uh, drone pilots, I see commercial drone delivery operations yeah. start in 2016. I, I do like think I said, we'll see rural some. areas. Listen, first. all they have to do, yeah, is pick one location, um, suburban or rural Texas. I don't know. Texas seems to be a good suburban. test bed. Maybe suburban, but I would I would stay out of the cities. You know. Yeah. Wyoming, Nevada. You know. Why you know Wyoming? I think the problem in in some of those areas, the problem would be the well, battery life of the drones themselves, right? Add some solar panels to the top, get a little bit extra juice. That's you know that's something we can. When this does happen, we're going to want to revisit that topic because, um, yeah, you're definitely going to save energy by using these drones for delivery, but um, they still have an energy cost, and uh, that'll be something to explore then. Chase, do me a favor. Yeah, take off your hippie hat for a little while. Um, We're talking about technology, and technology takes power. We know. You know, I'm I'm trying. Renewable energy, clean energy. We understand. You know, I'm not able to do this this year. Come down off the pulpit. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for my New Year's resolution when we go into 2017. What I want to do is outfit um, my house to offset all of my device usage. I want to get a couple of panels. You know, those that you just kind of plug into um, the -hmm. system. They're already pre-configured to work with your grid. They're already pre-approved. We are in Florida. I, I mean, yeah. other than the fact that we have so many lightning storms and rainstorms. No, nah, I just storms, throw them out in the garden right we by get the a lot of sun. So. Yeah, right by the um, uh, right by the uh, wall here uh, outside of my home office is a small garden. Put them out there and offset my computer usage. That's that's what I'm hoping. So I'm sorry, my hippie hat is firmly on today for some reason. <sighs> but I'll give you another one. Speaking of Amazon, I think that personal assistants are going to really continue to push in 2016, more than we've seen in a while. Siri, so Cortana. So you're talking Siri, Cortana, Alexa. Um, and that's the one. I think we're going to see the emergence of Alexa next year. I know they've already emerged the Alexa brand name again in 2015. We've talked about where that comes from. Alexa was a web analytics company that Amazon acquired years <laughs> uh, ago. I, re- I remember them. Yeah. Because uh, that, that was the Alexa web uh, web rankings i think it's still around i think amazon still operates so at, i had the option site. to buy uh, alexa when it was 99 dollars. yeah the echo oh yeah, echo. echo echo and yeah you can call echo by alexa uh, but I, I almost did but i always have my phone on me so i didn't feel the need for it no i mean i think they're going to push this in a meaningful way and i don't just mean the amazon and echo I, tower i have friends that purchased them and uh they've been extremely happy with it and i've, I've heard it you know, that they've been able to update it and add some new options and new features. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, Siri gets some new tricks every release and Cortana with Windows 10 and has gotten a few new tricks. And that's um, a perfect opportunity because if, if Amazon developed Alexa to work on OS X and on Windows 10, I mean, there's not much more... I know Cortana's coming to iOS, right? I I do, but you know, one of the difficulties there in in mobile is the APIs don't allow Cortana to do the same thing Siri does. Now, that's still going to be somewhat true on OS X and Windows, but there's a lot more freedom from what I understand on the developmental side to get a digital assistant, a personal assistant working uh, on a desktop version of the OS, uh, a lot more flexibility, if I understand correctly. You're the developer, I'm not. Um, Well... Uh, uh, on the Windows side, it's you know if you use Cortana, you have to do a lot of authorizations. Right. I know in Android, um, it seems like it'd be a lot easier to do something like that because you can replace like the caller ID app, you can replace the phone app, 
Mm-hmm. You can so, place yeah. your mail app in the map. Um, app same thing on Windows and iOS, right? iOS, no, not really. Oh, like, I know you can do that on Windows. I know. To yeah. a lot of things, you, there's certain things you can't change. Oh, okay. You you can't install handlers for stuff. On Android, you can. On iOS, you can't. Okay. But, I, but yeah, I do see a big push, um, and I guess that behind it a little bit of the um, cloud services that are required, like you were talking about before. But consumer and business side, I think Watson from IBM has an opportunity to become a cloud service as well in the future. I don't see it happening in 2016. It wouldn't surprise me if that gets branded out. It'd I believe be our- they've already licensed it out to a number of places, including some hospitals. I mean, you remember Oh, no, Watson. right, yeah. It's available for purchase and for license. What I'm talking about is turning it into a consumer-facing product like Siri, Cortana, Alexa, um, it's a possibility. It'd be our only gentleman in the uh, personal oh, assistant just, space. They just need to register like elementary.com and have it be Watson. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, you know, I don't know what I mean when I say that Amazon's going to do this. Have you tried this. the cookbook? Because there's a Watson cookbook where it is analyzed. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, recipes and yep. done weird combinations. And some people like them, some people don't. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff that IBM um, has out there to support not only business decision, but consumer understanding of Watson. If you do get any free time, folks, just I tell you, go to IBM's website and, and kind of play around, surf around a little bit. That, that site used to be dry and boring, almost like the Oracle site. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to pick on Oracle, but their site's dry and boring. Uh, IBM has really... Um, completely changed their I don't know their face to the world it's really a, a captivating site these days so yeah that's my one about uh, I do think Amazon's going to find some way some meaningful way to push Alexa I just don't know how yet yeah um, yeah I guess I, I, I don't uh, I, I mean the fact that a lot of us have mobile phones on us and we have phones that have digital assistance like hey play this song remind me of this Search this on the web. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't feel like I need one in my house. Like, I have Bluetooth speakers. Oh, but I, I don't mean Alexa. I mean so, Alexa everywhere. Smartphones, tablets, you know, they have the Fire devices. Perfect place for Alexa to go. Uh, yeah. $50 tablet. I mean, I don't know. Have you picked one of those up yet? Um, I have previously tried uh, a Fire tablet. I got one for my father a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I still use my Kindle to read. I can tell you, at $50, I'll be buying one just for guest use at the house here. I haven't done it yet, but that'll happen next year sometime. And one of my final predictions, I'd say, is uh, a wide, more widespread uh, self-driving cars. Like, we've already had Tesla roll out their uh, autonomous mode. Yeah. Um, I think they had to pull it back a little bit because of some reckless driving. But um, I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see... You know, autonomous mode in Teslas, we're going to see some self-driving cars try to get road tested more. Um, I believe in here in Florida, they're going to use one of the spans for uh, pretty much car-to-car communication. Yep, Leroy Selman Expressway. Yeah, so I, um, um, I'm looking forward to, to that being more accepted. Yeah, I, I, I can't say too much, but I was just... Uh, with one of my clients, and they're directly involved in that, and um, got an opportunity to just kind of... Uh, mentioned some stuff about it. the people I was interfacing with um, were not on the project, but they were aware of it. And it's just, um, you know, I was being me and did a typical put my foot in my mouth and said, hey, it's embarrassing that, you know, Tampa to Orlando is really bad infrastructure. And apparently I was talking to the people that were in charge of that. So I had a typical me moment. But yeah, no, I got to meet a few of the people that work um, not directly with that project, but to the side. And it was nice. Um, I think we're heading in the right way with that type of stuff. Let's get more self-driving cars. Let's get more communication to eliminate collisions first, right? Let's still drive our own cars, but if we can eliminate collisions, eliminate these fatalities, get better sensors and and a little bit more intelligence in the vehicle. Uh, I mean, if we can save, if we can stop vehicular deaths, that is um, a major accomplishment of our species. Too philosophical? No, no, I... I, uh... I mean, it's just funny you can't take your hippie hat off a little bit, but... I can't. You know, I think uh, that's, that's another thing. For 2016, I think I'm going to wear my hippie hat permanently. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. No. So do you have anything else? Uh, or, I do. Uh, two, two. I don't know if they're very big ones. Um, I'll, I'll put the smaller of the two don't first. Don't be about phones. No. Well, 
Uh, Don't be about phones or ecosystems. No, it's certainly not about ecosystems. Um, If you say something drops from 60 to 50%, I'm going (laughs) to come through the internet. Listen, I know how much people hate when you're in a conversation and people drop those types of numbers. I know I do it. Um, Done it twice so far. I've done it more than twice today um, in in our conversation now. But but the thing is, remember, I do – as a portion of my career, I do specialize, uh, or at least over the past two or three years, have specialized in focusing on what's happening within ecosystems uh, in order to help business people make decisions on when to upgrade, what types of technologies to adopt, and helping students understand the business environment they're going to face when they get into uh, into the workforce. Sometimes so, you got to put down the hammer. I do. I really... <laughs> you understand the reference, the, right? Uh, I, I don't know. Unless you're talking about the hammer and the sickle. you get a shiny new hammer, everything looks like a nail. Sometimes you just got to put down the hammer. Okay, I'll put down the hammer. So here's here's what it is: USB Type C. Uh, That's that's a good one, especially with the the new Surface Book and uh, some of the new Chromebooks and Uh, stuff all going. Yeah, the MacBook Air, correct? MacBook Air, if I understand correctly. Um, Android. Nope, I can't say it. I can't say Android phones and Windows phones, can I? That's back in ecosystem. But all of these types of devices, I think that USB Type C. Here's my prediction. Folks, go ahead and take your micro USBs, keep them, start wrapping them in a little uh, so container. So here's my question. I think they're going to be everywhere by quarter four of 2014. Well, no, well, no. Uh, here's my my question. Mm-hmm. Isn't the micro USB connector um, legislated by the EU as the official phone connector? Uh, as not an EU citizen, I don't know. I believe, um, they, I believe they, that may be the case. They standardized on GSM over there, and I'm pretty sure that there was a couple of lawsuits a couple of years ago, and they're standardized on micro USB. You know, I believe that may when be the case. When did they update that? Uh, they're going to have to update that. I mean, because the world is moving on to USB 3 through Type-C connectors. Yep. Um, so that is a good thing. We should we should put that. Any European listeners, maybe you have more information and could get in touch with us on that in the comments section for the page um, uh, for and episode 30. That is one of the great things about Androids. Uh, pretty much all of them use micro USB. Yeah. And you can pretty much just get any connector and plug it in. Now, let's be clear. Let's be clear My here for a moment. hatred of BlackBerry was, and some Motorola's were... They would only charge their devices with their chargers. But that's older stuff. Let me be extremely yeah. clear and go back to my Apple bashing. Apple, uh, okay, they're not the only company that does that anymore, but they're only the only company of any significance that still does that it. does it. Um, I agree. I agree. They have a little bit more of a reason now with their Lightning connectors, right? We hear these rumors right now. Maybe they'll pan out. The iPhone Seven may have nothing but a, a Lightning connector. Well, it's going to do the same type of thing as USB Type C, maybe a little bit better, maybe not as good. I don't, I don't know. I haven't compared the specs side by side. But okay, if you're Apple and you say we want to use our own proprietary Lightning connector instead of Type C, okay, fine. But Android, Windows, Firefox, BlackBerry, everybody else is using Type C. So, yeah, I, I, I do. Do uh, iPhones in their European Union then do they come with micro USB? I doubt it. I but um. Maybe there's an adapter. Maybe but so. I, I doubt it. So yeah, uh, we we would definitely need more input from those who do business in the EU or are residents of the EU to understand that a bit better. But that's my that's my weaker one. My last one is cutting the cord, cutting cable, getting rid of it. You know, we see C, uh, CBS here in the United States uh, coming out and betting heavily on television, thinking that uh, sure they're going to launch CBS All Access as a digital competitor to Hulu and and uh, Netflix and so on and so forth. But still, uh, the writing's pretty much on the wall. And you and I, Chris, we were talking about this off-air before the show. Um, that's why we had no idea what each other's list was. Uh, Amazon, you know, the ability to get stars and showtime through Amazon. I, I really do think in 2016 we will start... Uh, we've already started, so let me say we'll see the mainstream adoption of more a la carte services. Well, web, okay. Web-driven. Let, let's... Back up for one sec. Sure. Um, so HBO for the longest time, you could only get it if you had a subscription through cable. Uh, last year or this year, they announced that you could get a HBO a la carte, but you didn't get everything that the people who had subscriptions had. Um, Showtime did an a la carte with Hulu this year. They're just now announcing it with Amazon, but pretty much the the, the um, Showtime and Stars, you can buy. Get an add-on 
for Hulu and pick those up. Now you can get it as an add-on for Amazon and pick it up. But yeah, the opportunities and the capabilities to watch the shows you want to watch without having a subscription um, are immense. I, I stopped watching over-the-air TV back in like 04. I realized with music that I can listen to whatever I want to listen to when I want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Why do I listen to the radio? I listen to a podcast or a playlist and listen to what I want to listen to. Why am I not doing this for TV? That's a good point. And I think, um, again, we've started to see that over the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I think 2016 is the big year where the average non-technical person uh, here in the United States starts saying, why am I paying for cable? Yeah, uh, and even the Xbox has a, a kit that gives you uh, a digital re- digital tuner and a HD antenna, and you can watch TV over the air without having cable. I, I have a question for you. Have you taken a look, and I'm, I'm really, I wasn't planning on bringing Amazon up in this area, but it just happened. Have you taken a look at the Amazon site for the add-on subscriptions? There are a whole host. It, it really looks like they are trying to compete with cable. Uh, there are a whole host. Smithsonian. Uh, of them, but uh, Sundance. Some of them are very Comedy specific. Central. Well, look at it. Is it Comedy Central? No, or it's not it... Comedy It's Comedy Central stand-up. It's only it's, stand-up. Yeah, it's very specific but, you know, things. It, like the upper, you know, the upper cable channels where it's like. Right, but it is, it is a start. If if Amazon starts pushing this, we know that was the intent with um, PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Um, right, right. They all say, "Oh, we're all about gaming." Uh, Microsoft didn't with the Xbox initially, but when the PlayStation was beating them hands down, and still are, you know. But we knew Sony and Microsoft were both saying, "Hey, this is a cable alternative that we can create." We see that with PlayStation View. I think that the. Uh, I think I I do think there, the time more is to here it than just what the companies marketed the devices for i think a lot of the sales differential might be because of hardware and performance on games but mm-hmm. but yeah, we're going to have to have and and i think what makes 2016 a pivotal year is we're going to start developing the aggregators right because who is going to replace the cable companies the cable companies haven't figured out you can go by roku Google and netflix and amazon well, not, maybe not even Netflix. They're not showing any signs of working with others. It's still within their wall. No, they're making their own, and they're making. They're trying to. Become but that's not good ABC enough. ABC, NBC, and and, Fox. That, and that's the key, right? So Netflix, if they're playing the position of ABC, Fox, and we're talking about American broadcast networks here, uh, HBO, yeah. Showtime, if if they're playing that part, there has to be the aggregator. What the cable companies should have evolved into, uh, Roku, right? If you look at Roku, you have to have all these independent subscriptions. What I like about what I see with Amazon is that it's saying, here's one place. As a part of your Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to these additional things. And it's all one source, all one billing. You get it all in one location. It's going to work on your Fire TV. It's it's going to work within that ecosystem. But that's why the ecosystem conversation earlier, even though it may have been moot, is so important. No, I don't think that ecosystem conversation is. Oh, it absolutely is, though, because at that point, if you say, well, I'm going to have... Um, because there is an Amazon app available on iOS and Android. But there's not so one on Windows. Matter. There's not one on Windows, and there is one on, uh, let, let's see, we could go through with whether there's an app on Roku, whether there's an app on Apple TV, right? And each one of these is going to be hit or miss. There's one on PlayStation, there's one on Xbox, but there's not on the desktop. They used to have one on the desktop, I think. But for each service, these are hit or miss. Right, there are things that don't have PlayStation apps that have Xbox One apps. There are so on and so forth. This ecosystem conversation has to come to some point, and the thing that's going to get us there is if we take our video services, if we take our music service. Well, music is a little bit different. Video can help push us forward because if we get these aggregators of here's everything you can acquire, get just what you want, then we're there. I think that uh, the problem, or or part of our problem is that a lot of times when <sighs> these bigger companies go for exclusivity deals. They specifically try to make partnerships to exclude people, right. exclude them from other networks. You know, Microsoft had for a while, if you write, you can write games for other places, but it has to launch on Xbox you know, first or at yeah. the same time. And you know what? I think that's going to start losing people money. Deal. You can't put it on PlayStation. 
I think or, business. I think business will work that out. I do think that people who do that will no longer get a fiscal competitive advantage, and it, when that competitive advantage is lost or actually ne- is negated um, completely, yeah, I don't like that. Right. I, I think the market is working that out. People are saying, "Fine, if you're not going to offer it to me where I'm at, I will not procure and purchase you." Um, and I think that's the risk of not developing for one of the phone ecosystems, of not developing for one of, you know, the standardized, accepted uh, media devices. I know there are a lot of them out there, um, and I know I've been critical of developers recently, going so far as calling some of them lazy. But if your job for your company, your content distribution company, is to create applications that reach the customer. I don't care if you're 80% market share or 0.05. Make that money. Well, if, if you have a negative ROI consistently over time, sure, you may have a case to shut it off, but don't write it off from it's the on. It's not that easy. Okay. And I, I said I may be being too critical on developers. I don't know. Yeah. Is in. Okay. Guess what? Uh, the Chinese market is huge. Go start producing content in Chinese. Oh wait, that's not your language. That's not what I'm saying. I'm no, talking no, no. about that's technological ecosystems. Saying. You have to understand. If you're on Android, you're probably doing Java. If you're on iOS, you're probably doing um, Objective C or Swift. Two completely different languages. Two completely different programming uh, libraries, APIs. Uh, you design things completely differently depending upon the the ecosystem this is why in business we you, hire you don't developers. just say go do it that's like again why aren't you making stuff in chinese oh well the the company should do it why if i'm a media distribution company if i'm hbo now those i would be an absolute idiot to only hire java developers well they're that big they should be able to hire and engineer things in such a way that they can produce and, and make it available for each of the major platforms i agree right the question, but I'm saying for anything smaller than that, don't just assume. Go do it. I, at this point, I'm, I'm going to assume go do it um, because that's where people are. We don't have a clear winner. We're, we're, we're looking at um, – we're not even looking at something that's similar to what desktops were back in the 70s and 80s. It's not similar to what phones were. We don't have a few key ecosystems, so we have a wide variety of options. We have have Xbox, PlayStation, Roku, Amazon Fire. We have all of these different devices. We have smart TVs. We have key ecosystems still. And, and, well, see, then you proved my point earlier was not moot. If you say most of them are running Android, well, we know you're going to go for Android. iOS and Android are our key ecosystems. And on desktop, it's Mac OS and Windows. So if Linux. if Firefox OS somehow miraculously uh, overnight somehow uh, you know a couple years down the road got five percent market share ten percent market share in the, then in, they would start getting more adoption. My point is if if there are hundreds of million installed on iOS and Android and there are ten thousand installed on Firefox, how much of your income as a business are you going to divert from the millions to the ten thousand? It doesn't make sense unless you 100% like and believe in that platform and you think that it is better than everything else out there and it's going to take over and you want to get in there first. That is definitely a reason. I, I wouldn't advocate that, that's what for I'm that reason. I'm trying to tell though. you. It's like you go for the hundreds of millions or you go for the 10,000 or 100,000. At some point you have to go, well, yeah, those 100,000 spend more. Sure, they sure do because there's not much there. Actually, so do that I is want a, that or that, do I want to write for the other that one? That is a than, damn good selling point for targeting a smaller platform like uh if you can do it and then you have a good idea well if you're going to be an aggregator if you're going to be amazon and you're going to aggregate all of these together um you have the choice to not do it you have the choice to say we're going to work primarily web-based and then want on our own devices this is amazon's way of carving out and saying we're going to get legitimacy for our devices we're separate right, from you from want recognition Google. and notice man those ten thousand people say that's an amazing app if only it was on our millions of devices on the other platforms. And that's what we're going to have to see. Yeah. What are the devices that we're going to have to develop for when it comes to content distribution? Yeah, it's not just going to be, but it's not just going to be limited to those. No, but those are where you start. iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, Linux, or web. Windows, Mac, Linux can all be wrapped up in web, which is why they don't write a lot of native apps sometimes. They start with web-based apps 
They see what the platforms are being used by, and then they develop native apps on those platforms where the usage is. Ultimately, we're going to go back to where everything is a web app, right? I mean, can we call that for 2020, 2025? Um, well, that's, are there even computers then? That's a damn good question. Is it implants? Is it virtual reality? Is it oh, no. Now I'm, that, reality? now I'm that far in the future, and we're going to have to wrap this one up because my mind is not going to come back from the 2025 well, time VR frame. VR is 2016. I'm going to say that. VR is? Yeah. Steam VR, Oculus. Oculus. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation VR. Didn't Asus uh, make an announcement that they're coming out with a, a VR headset? Yes. There's so many companies announcing it. Um, I think VR. The year 2016 is the year of VR. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.